Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the fifth episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. Just coming off of our first guest appearance from Ted Wong. That was a really fun one. Uh, I know Chris and I talked about that one, had a lot of fun chatting some Browns. That, that sounds really weird to say that I had fun chatting Browns, but uh, that was a really good one. And we appreciate all of the support we've been getting. We've hit some bigger numbers, um, had our best four-day listen uh, I guess stretch so far so that was really good we appreciate you guys following us listening to the podcast giving us lots of feedback I am your host Steve Fisher you can find me on Twitter at ssfisher87 and I am joined today like always by this week's Sven to my Kristoff Chris and since I don't actually know your middle name, we'll call you Cheap as Mall Bathroom Toilet Paper Phillips. And you can tell them why I'm calling you that. What's happening, pal? Hey, man. Uh, good to see you, Steve. Uh, happy Easter uh, for all of you that don't know. We record on Sundays. Uh, it is Easter Sunday. Uh, happy to be here, of course. Uh, I mean, you guys can, of course, find me on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris. 12 uh and of course please follow the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod and uh i am cheaper than uh mall bathroom toilet paper like you know that uh, because not even like the one ply stuff it's like i'm pretty sure it's like 0.33 i don't know i i think it's just straight up sandpaper um and yeah, it's sandpaper it, would catch stuff right you have to use at least half a roll just so you don't get turds on your finger you don't ever want to go through. No, going, no, going through don't is like ever bust off through. A cliff. Your heart and just it, sinks. Yeah, it 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 all comes down to uh, ta- talking about duty. I don't want to pay duty to order my DK Metcalf jersey. <laughs> so to give everybody a little background story on this, Chris had on his Twitter um, a pin tweet. I'm pretty sure it was to NFL Canada and Nike, maybe, where he is just... It was to the world. To to the world. He is like, oh my goodness, the complaining that this guy has done over the last, I want to say, at least year, maybe even a little longer, that um, NFL shop, um, the team stores, everywhere in the world was out of DK Metcalf stitched jerseys, and Chris was letting everybody know that he was displeased so i got a text from him about an hour ago with a picture um of said dk metcalf stitched jersey in store ready for his purchasing and i was kind of excited and i my exact response was you better have bought one already and then that came into oh duty is a killer 40 dollars and man if you're gonna complain that one just bite the bullet buy it can i can i just remind everybody that we're in canada 
And so $40 US is like $50 Canadian. And it's just, like I said to you, I don't, I have no problem paying the price for the Jersey. It's the arbitrary <laughs> out of nowhere. You live in Canada and you're ordering something from the United States. So we're going to tack on this extra $40 just because you, you live in Canada and probably because you have free healthcare. I don't know. We're going to alienate every U.S. listener. All of our listeners from Texas are now gone, Chris. Thank you very much for that. Hey, you know what? I, as as much as we could say we have free health care, no, let's not make it political. Let's, let's just uh, – duty sucks. Just, I, don't want, I don't want to pay duty and just let me order my DK Metcalf jersey without paying an extra $40, okay? That's right. And we do appreciate our U.S. listeners. Um, I think Chris's call out of them the other week may have sparked a little fire because they have leapfrogged our U.K. listeners now. And we are in five different states. Uh, We found out a couple of who they were. And so if you're listening to this and you want to hit us up on Twitter just to tell us who you are, uh, we'd love to hear from you. The other one I, w- I want to give a uh, shout out to is our female listeners. I- I've noticed our female listener uh, percentage has definitely bumped up lately here. Um, so thank you to you, to you girls for listening and uh, and don't be shy. You know, reach out to us on, on Twitter. We're, we're happy to engage in conversation and, and would love to hear your takes on the NFL and the Seahawks or the Ravens as well. Yeah, I definitely know one of those uh, listeners is my wife. As we were talking about earlier, she called me out at Easter dinner. Um, it was a nice thing, though. She said, thanks for the birthday shout out. Um, we're actually going to start this episode with uh, a quick little story Chris has for us about. Um, I don't even know what this is about, but it is a conversation he had with his wife regarding the podcast. And I've been waiting the better part of a week to hear this. So floor is yours for this one. Remember, she might be listening. Yeah, so uh, apparently part of that that female listener base is also my wife, but maybe we should put an asterisk on that um, because so last Monday I was I was talking to my wife, and uh, I mean my, my wife's been working from home for over a year now, I guess, and so while she's working from home, she just puts on her headphones, she listens to a podcast, she does what she needs to do, and she gets her 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 work done. So last week she had a, uh, a a conference call to go on or something along, along those lines. And so she thought, well, you know, while, while I'm on this conference call to give my husband's podcast a boost, I'm going to turn on his podcast. I'm going to turn my volume way down so I can't even hear it, but it'll, <laughs> it'll look as, as a listen. So I, I, I joked with her. I'm like, yeah, it's probably your, your favorite way to listen to me talk is with no volume. And so anyways, we, 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 we were talking and she says like, ah, you know, like, I don't, I don't need to listen to the episode. Like, I already feel like I I've heard episode three. I don't need to listen to it again. And, and the reason why she feels like she's heard it already is because the morning after we recorded and dropped episode three, my six year old daughter woke up in the morning and said, dad, can I listen to your podcast? So we sat <laughs> on the, we sat on the couch and listened to my podcast, my, my six year old daughter. So my, my wife felt that, she she got to to listen to it uh, secondhand. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we were talking more about it, and all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off, and I'm like, "You listen to episode three? You listen to it with no volume on?" I'm like, "But wait a second. I was like, 
that was the episode I debuted the third down segment. I was like, that's my baby on the podcast. Like you didn't even listen to the third down segment. And she says to me, she goes, I wouldn't even know what you guys are talking about. She goes, you asked me to help you pick names for the third down segment. And I just, I just told you whichever one I thought was the funniest. Oh, that's so good. And I pause and I look at her and I go, you realize that was the whole point of the segment <laughs> with the all name team. So I guess the entire time, like I'm throwing these random names at her. I'm, you know, asking her about fair hooker and, and wander Mons and all these random names. And she thought I was picking guys based on actual football credentials. Oh, that's so good. And if she would have actually just like taken the time to listen to the episode, the confusion would have been basically gone. Yeah. So again, thank you for the, uh, the the pseudo listen we'll we'll put an asterisk on it i i do appreciate my wife listening um but uh i i, I guess she'll just I, I don't think she's listened to episode four yet either i i don't know well yeah we'll have to put an asterisk beside it it's like um when they were talking about the the nhl playoffs with it being like does it count as a stanley cup or do we have to put like a little something beside it and it counts. Um, it, it definitely counts. It, uh, well, if my team won, I wouldn't really care what people said about it. Exactly. It, 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 again, we talked. Was it last week? Two weeks ago, we talked about uh, flags fly forever. So flags fly forever. Doesn't matter no how you get there. As long as you get there, then you can say, "Look, I yeah. won." Twenty years from now, nobody's going to remember that the twenty twenty champion was the air quote covid champion right and even if they did remember i have zero care in the world if you call it a fake trophy because i'm going to be just as happy celebrating it every day of my life flags fly forever um okay so we got a little uh nfl news to kick off we actually wanted to talk about this last week but clearly we went well over time with ted and, i am ted uh, yeah ted he just talks for forever forever so, i mean he was just he was really excited because i mean nobody really wants to talk to browns with him so he was like finally somebody wants to talk about the yes, browns my team is good let's talk yeah. <laughs> as much as i can so the one we wanted to talk about was the nfl officially made it so that uh the regular season has the 17th game at the i guess and whatever they have 17 games what what was your initial reaction to that? I, I know what I was thinking, but I, I want to give you the first shot at this one. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, I mean, from a... L- let me backpedal a little bit from that, I guess. From a fan perspective, sure, it's an extra game I get to watch every year. Um, I guess it's... I, I was thinking about this today. It, it is an extra week of fantasy football. Now I, I guess yeah. fantasy football championship rolls to week 16 now. Um, but I don't like it. It's going to shorten careers. Uh, guys aren't going to be able to play as long because of now having to add one extra game every year. And that's the thing. It's, it's one extra game right now, but there's already talks like, okay, the NFL NFL's at 17 games. Uh, how long before they're at 18. And I, I don't know if you saw Alvin Kamara's tweet uh, the, the day they announced it, but you know, it, it was, 
dumb as hell is, is what he said. He, he's, he's not happy about it at all. And that, I mean, we're talking about shortening careers, it's going to shorten the careers of the running backs probably more than any other player running backs and probably guys in the trenches. So the offensive line, the defensive line, those are probably the players box safeties. Yeah. I mean, linebackers and, and safeties to a, to an extent, but I, I, I see it being the, the, the line and the running backs being affected by this the most, uh, which of course in, in the long term, also affects their bottom line and, and how much they can make in their careers. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate on this one. Cause um, yeah, my initial reaction was, wow, that's stupid. So unnecessary. The first thing I thought of was, yeah, the health and safety of the players. And then I also thought about um, the, the playoffs. Like usually we, we're talking about do we sit guys in week 16 you know now we probably can't sit guys in week 16 we got to play 16 games and then talk about sitting them in week 17 so it's just an for me it's another game for even if we're talking about just in the season uh someone to get hurt in and then they miss the playoff run i will say this you you ended your part there with it will impact how much money they make i think that will be left to see because now they can start negotiating contracts saying, well, you know, I think they took one preseason game away. Yes. Yeah. So three preseason games, 17 regular season games instead of four and 16. But we know the agents are going to be pushing for more money because guess what? The owners are going to be making more money. That was what this whole thing Probably, I mean, I'm not in those conversations, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out one more game, one more week of sales, because nobody watches the preseason. Um, maybe the most hardcore fans to like get a look at the rookies, or maybe you I, just I, watch week uh, four of the preseason to see, you know, when your starters come in or whatever. But I watch I, week I, I, three of the preseason because that's typically the game that the starters play the most. Right. And usually it's per, for like a quarter or a half. You just get to see how they're jiving with, you know, maybe new free agents and rookies that are probably going to start. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't like it. But I guess the one hope that I have is that players are actually making a lot more money um, based on. Me, yeah, I, I can't see how their careers would be would go further from this, but maybe they're getting more in the early stages of their career because they're getting paid accordingly off the start. So that's kind of like my one silver lining hopeful thing. And it, uh, I, I was just searching all over the internet, trying to find information in regards to how they're going to be getting paid and, and how they're going to be getting compensated. And I mean, sure, it, it's going to help any of the players that are, negotiating contracts from this point forward because now they had that that information under their belt that okay well now i'm playing a 17 game season now i need to be compensated based on 17 games not 16 games and i i vaguely very very vaguely remember um seeing something about the guys who are under contract currently um, that signed before this change took effect. And I think this might've been just something that was rumored last year when this CBA was, was agreed upon that th- was it like 
a, a million dollar paycheck or something like that. Like, it, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't certainly their, their average salary, you know, for, uh, if you take a guy like Russell Wilson, who, you know, 35 million a year, whatever that works out to you per, per game. It, it's not his normal per game paycheck, but it, it's, it's a, a, some sort of, you know, guarantee like, okay, like this is what you get, which I, like I said, I think it was a million because th- there was talks like, okay, like this hurts guys like Russell Wilson, but then you also take the guys that are on their rookie deals on their vet minimum contracts or, or whatever. And, and they're like, cool, like a million bucks for, for one game. Like that's more than I made for all the other games th- this year. So I, I don't know. It, it's like you said, it, they, they do take away the one preseason game as well, um, which I was reading an article earlier. Like I said, I was, I was cruising the internet today trying to find information about money and about the, the, the change. And the one thing I, I read that, you know, getting rid of that one preseason game, um, they, they, they consider it to be a, a, a good thing because, of course, th- those preseason games are typically guys that are a little more reckless. Um, they're going out there. They're trying to make the team. They're trying to prove themselves. They're throwing their bodies around. Uh, whereas in week 17, I guess, it, would it be considered week 18? Whatever the last game of the year yeah, is. Week 18, probably. Week 18. It, it's more veteran guys, more proven guys, guys that are – you know, maybe thinking about next year, thinking about the playoffs, not not just reckless, like, oh, man, I got to make this team. I got to do whatever I got to do. And and if that means taking out a guy's kneecap, like, well, if it, make, if it gets me on the team, like, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I, I guess I see that argument. I also feel for those guys that are trying to audition. Like, we know the Russell Wilsons are going to make the team. So, um I don't think that's where a guy like Kamara was saying that's dumb that he's only getting a million dollars on top of like, you know, a big contract. Cause you know, your elite players are getting paid anyways. I don't think they really care about, I mean, they don't get me wrong. They care about the compensation. I don't think it was that big of a deal for them. I think it helps. Like you said, those guys on rookie contracts, those guys that are trying to stick around, um, one less week in the preseason gives these guys who are fringe guys one less chance to showcase that they can make a team. And like, I have to think about this as their livelihood. You, you get training camp OTAs and then you get three audition games. And we know one of those games has to include the starters somewhere. So to me, I don't, I don't necessarily like that. I I get the argument for why, you take that away because guys are being reckless and they just try to do some flashbang play uh, to, to land on a roster. But I also feel for them for not getting that opportunity to sort of cement their stake in a team. There was a lot of conversation about that, that same thing that this past off season, of course, with, with COVID and, and the pandemic and they completely wiped out the preseason this past year. And there's a lot of people saying that that same thing, like, you know, the, these fringe guys, these sixth round picks, these undrafted free agents, these yada, yada, yadas are, are, you know, really at a disadvantage this year at making the roster, uh, proving that they, they belong. I, I think with that, like with removing the one preseason game, I would love to see the NFL, uh, 
kind of bring back what they did with the the practice squad last year. I don't I don't remember if they put a, a, a player cap on it like they normally do, but I, I I know that they they put in you know stipulations that it doesn't matter how many years you you've played in the league, we can put you on our practice squad. If you're out there, you're available. We can sign you to our practice squad. Um, if you are someone that we don't want to see leave, we can protect two guys from other teams being, being able to sign them. We can activate a guy off the, off the practice roster, let them play a game, put them back down on the practice roster. I, I, I think that's something the, w- with these changes and with the eliminating of, of the one preseason game and eliminating, like you said, the, the opportunity for these fringe guys to really, uh, show that they belong and, and ma- make a name for themselves that the NFL also needs to look at doing something like that and, and expanding that, that practice squad again and, and making that a, a, a permanent change. Yeah. Cause expanding the practice squad, it's not like, you know, they're taking away from anything. It's just guys staying in shape, staying with the team, staying current on football. And like we say, football shape. Um, and of course, when you go down to the proc, practice squad you're still getting paid for it so um i'm guessing that's probably an nfl owners versus an nfl pa kind of fight because the owners are probably trying to save every little penny they can and the pa is trying to look out for its people now i i do want to say the the one thing that i've seen a few people up in arms about in regards to expanding to the 17 games that i absolutely could not care less about is people are worried about records being broken and like single season records and all all time records and and i mean all i have to say to those people is records are made to be broken just enjoy it like i said from a fan perspective i'm gonna it's not like i'm not gonna watch that extra game i'm not not gonna put my foot down and be like the nfl is really doing these guys wrong so i'm not watching game 17 like no i'm I'm still gonna watch it and i'm gonna enjoy it and i hope that guys go out there and, and break records i mean eric dickerson has always been very vocal about not wanting guys to, <laughs> to 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 break his his rushing record which i mean if there was a 17th game this past season derrick henry would have broken 100%. eric dickerson's rushing record but eric dickerson dickerson broke oj simpson's rushing record with more games than what than what oj simpson had so like i said i mean i'm I'm sure he'll be one of the first guys that if and when his rushing record is is broken he'll be the first guy to put an asterisk on it and 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 whatever but you did the exact exact same thing and and when i was actually looking at it today um I, i can't remember the exact numbers but his per game average was like around 130 or 135 per game hmm. but when o- but when OJ set the record his average was actually around like 140 per game so if you again take the numbers and and expand it OJ would have had the had the record so i don't care about breaking records records are made to be broken i mean they're all just i mean really at the end of the day they're all just made up stats numbers anyways all that really matters at the end of the day is wins and losses yeah i i kind of went to twitter with the same thing like records are meant to be broken i think it's actually good for a new set of fan bases right you have records that are never going to be broken 
and it doesn't give the newer generation of fans something to sort of hold on to that you know for better or worse you have the classic right now i mean basketball is kind of everywhere right now you have the michael jordan versus lebron james debate and it's like the old guard trying to hold on to their boy the new guard trying to hold on to their boy and i think that's what makes for me anyways that's what makes sports fun when i can come on a podcast or i can you know open up social media and have discussions about this guy was the greatest running back of all time no he wasn't and you start going back and forth and you know the old guard is going to be holding on to those stats like you said oh well oj was 140 per game much better than this player to be honest i don't care about records i think they're fun it's something to kind of shoot for like obviously most recently when lamar breaks um michael vick's single season rushing record like that's a fun thing to think about and now he's going to have 17 games to absolutely demolish that record and there's going to be people like banging their fists being like no michael vick did it with less games now than lamar for most of his career and it just to me it makes that fun it makes it the the old guard trying to hold on to something that is definitely legit like who whoever it is if we're talking michael vick if we're talking dickerson um whatever those records are they're definitely legit and they're in the conversation but just starting up a conversation about sports stuff that's that's what we all live for as sports fans so if anything uh i just see a lot of positives in terms of bringing new fans in this new generation into a conversation where maybe I can have a conversation with a 20 year old kid. Uh, I say that cause I'm <laughs> old. Uh, yeah, definitely not old, but a lot older than a 20 year old kid. And, you know, I can have a conversation with that person about, you know, the records I saw when I was his age. And, you know, we've had those conversations with, people older than us as well and it sort of is that passing of the torch conversation and bringing new people into the sport and i I think it's great i uh just talking about the the old guard versus the new guard and it's actually really funny that you bring up michael jordan versus lebron uh we did uh a a family movie night the other night we watched space jam (laughs) (laughs) and i still gotta watch that as it's as it's coming up and before I could even say anything, because I was definitely going to say something, my wife pipes up and says to my six-year-old daughter, as Michael Jordan comes on the screen and, you know, they're showing all the highlights of, of Michael's uh, career before before the movie starts. And, and my wife says, that's the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it is. And don't forget that. And I will, I mean... I, I don't watch enough basketball now to actually have... an educated uh conversation on that all i know is 10 year old chris loved michael jordan 10 year old chris watched the hell out of the nba and the hell out of the the chicago bulls and uh 35 year old chris does not watch the nba so (laughs) it's 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 super uh biased and and i'm solely basing that on on only watching one generation of of football but like like you said it's exciting you know, we watch these things and we root for these things to happen. And um, uh, one of the the, the most recent uh, most recent ones that I can remember myself really getting behind and really rooting for and cheering for and hoping to see happen, the Patriots' uh, perfect season. Oh, right. I'm sick and tired of hearing <laughs> about the 72 Dolphins and how every year 
when whatever team is has gone the longest undefeated i, I mean of course this past season i think was was uh the steelers um and and when you know w- when that team loses their first game the whatever remaining members of the 72 dolphins uh pop a bottle of champagne in some in celebration like get over it guys it, it's really like it'll happen one of these times it's gonna happen look one at, of these days look at, and... uh, look at the ncaa tournament right now gonzaga's on the verge of a perfect season that hasn't been done in like something like 45 years and i'm yeah, sure there's like... guys 45 years ago who were part of that team maybe some of them are still alive um and i'm sure some of them don't want to see that record get broken and like you said get over it records are meant to be broken it's it's fun it's never gonna last there are some records that will last forever but it makes it exciting it's like something it's something you can root behind sports is all about entertainment so i want to be entertained and part of entertainment was um watching adrian peterson get every last carry in the drawn a blank here for a year like 2000 what it, whatever the year was that he it, was, it, it, it was the, it was the year right after he came back from his ACL injury too. Right. So like it was you're cheering from that much more because like this guy's coming back from what's supposed to be like a, a super devastating injury for a running back, and it what did he come with him? Wasn't it like eight yards or something? Yeah, like it was something just, ridiculous, like, something silly where you're like at, at the end of the game you're you're shaking your head, being like, why the hell didn't the Vikings give this guy the ball and they get did. him the do you not remember God that game? Run. No, they didn't. They interviewed they gave a- him so many carry. They were throwing but, like eleven men in the box on D, trying because they knew they were like. But late, late in the game, I, I the, I mean, it, it, the Vikings had to win that game, and late in the game, uh, the Vikings had the ball, and because I remember it was like I think it was Pam Oliver uh, at, at the end of the game interviewed him, asking him about it, being like, oh, like do you wish you got the record and, and yada, yada, yada. And like, you could kind of see it on his face and he paused for a second. Like, yeah, of course I wish I got the bloody record, but at the end, you know, he of course did the, the, the right or air quote, the, the right thing, <laughs> the, 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 the company thing, you know, told, told the, the, the company line and said the, the win is the most important and, and whatever. But going back to the, to the Patriots, like I was rooting for a perfect season that year because I've never seen that in my lifetime. And I don't know if I ever will see that in my lifetime. So if something that it's like, this could be my only opportunity to see this. Of course I want to see this happen. Yeah. But no, I, I'm, I, I, I remember late in the game, the Vikings did not give Adrian Peterson the ball. So we're going to have to go back and look at like actual game logs of that because one of us is not remembering correctly. I remember late in the game, they were giving him the ball and they were like obviously loading the box and he was getting like minus two carry minus one carry. Um, they were hitting him behind the line of scrimmage, which is going the other way on his now like close to the record. Um, yeah, but regardless, it's just, again, going back to records were meant to be broken and I don't care really about any record. Maybe if my team had a cool record, like, uh, you know what? I want to say if someone's close to breaking Lamar's single season rushing record, I'm cheering against them. And then I know that that's going to spark a conversation. Let's say for argument's sake, it's a Seahawks running back. 
Rashad Penny, or sorry, quarterback, Russell Wilson, somehow is rushing for um, all these yards, and he's so close to breaking Lamar's record. I am cheering as hard as I can against him, and I know you're on the other side of the screen cheering as hard as you can for him, and one of us is disappointed at the end. Like, honestly, that's sports. Wins, losses, records, no records, like... one person's upset, the other person's happy. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, we're both watching. Right. Right? It's entertainment. We're, we're bo- exactly. We're both watching. We're both entertained. We're, I mean, yeah, we're, we're rooting for uh, different outcomes. But how is that any different than watching the Seahawks play the Ravens in general? And I'm cheering for the Seahawks to win. You're cheering for the Ravens to win. One of us is going to walk away happy. One of us is going to walk away disappointed. I mean, it's no different than even just TV series. Like you and I are both rewatching Breaking Bad. What What's the sure. difference between like having one extra season of Dexter as opposed to not having that season of Dexter? Right? Like, oh god, Dexter. That... We we won't get Wor- into that one. Worst series <laughs> finale ever, <laughs> which is shortly or closely followed by uh, How I Met Your Mother. Fair. <laughs> um. Okay, we're we're gonna switch gears a little bit here, and uh, I know one thing that you are absolutely itching to talk about is the Tyler Lockett contract, and I'm actually gonna intro this one because I love what Russ said about him. These are like the best of friends that ever were, holding hands probably, as Russell Wilson says this, and I quote, "He's just so special." They can't cover him. He's so good at everything he does. End quote. Like if that's not a best friend, just, I mean, I I didn't actually hear it live, but I'm sure there was like tears coming out of his face as he was like, oh my God, I'm getting Tyler Lockett back. Like, I I think he, I think he's only ever done that once. Um, (laughs) so give, give us what the contract was and give us your initial reaction. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, of course, the 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 Russell Wilson quote there. I I was quickly scrolling through Twitter the other day when, of course, that quote popped up, and and I people may have been sort of sarcastically um, saying this, or I'm not entirely sure. I I may have misread it. Like I said, I, I was at work, so I was just kind of quickly scrolling through. But there was there was people saying on your break, of course sure yeah let's 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 go with that <laughs> definitely not definitely not on company time exactly. if my boss if my boss is listening uh, um but like about how generic of a uh of a response that is from russell wilson to say and and how it's just like a you know russell wilson looked in 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 his, in the book of things to say when, when you're uh number <laughs> one what number one a one b receiver signs a a a contract extension and and that's what he came up with but whether like i said whether or not that was actually serious conversation or not um i mean russell wilson is a very generic guy russell wilson would fit in great in the nfl or nhl excuse me um with uh with with some of the 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 answers that he comes up with but the 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 cliches yeah exactly exactly differently i saw like a guy that was just holding the hand of his best bud and 
he was just so happy to pump Tyler Lockett's, you know, just getting him going and the whole, like, he's just so special. That's, that's, I mean, I know that's how I, I mean, I didn't listen to it, but when I read the quote, he's so special. That's I, how I, I know if, I know if there's one thing that I'm doing when I'm happy and excited for my best friend, it's I'm holding their hand and telling them how special they are. Oh, you don't do that. No, 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 no I said, I, did, I, I, I said, I am doing that for all my best friends. <laughs> Steve, if you do something cool, man, like I'm, I'm coming over, I'm, I'm holding your hand and telling you how special you, special you are and how excited I am for you. All of your best friends are listening to this thinking, you don't ever hold my hand. Like, yeah. I hate you now. You lost every best friend you've ever had, Chris. The, um, the only per- <laughs> the only person whose hand I actually try to hold on occasion is Matt Ferguson because it really weirds him out. And he like he oh every time, every yeah. time, yeah. Because because you get the 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 reaction, and it's like when you you know uh, bust a guy's balls a little bit or whatever, and, and you get a reaction every time you do it. You're gonna keep doing it, of course. You um, will. But anyway, anyways, the, the locket contract, um, it's, it's a four year extension, um, no void years. So it's a, it's a, it's a true extension. So he's, uh, he's tied to Seattle for five more seasons because he's got one, one year left on his current deal. Uh, and then this, this new deal, uh, takes effect. Uh, it is, uh, 69.2 million dollar contract which is a pretty nice contract uh he got 37 million guaranteed the a couple big things here uh the the actual details haven't come out yet as far as cap hits and and what this does and what are the the what are the real numbers um, right i was actually looking but, for it this past week and i was like uh, I was looking for it. Places not updated their websites, or has he just not like released all the details? Yeah, I I was looking for it today, um, especially because the you know the Seahawks have officially announced it. It it's happened. You know they they posted the the photo of him signing the actual contract, but it is expected to drop his cap hit this year uh, from fourteen point nine five million. Speculation right now is that it's going to drop to around seven million. Uh, so again, we'll wait and see what the actual numbers are and, and how that all shakes out. Uh, the the other thing here that's really really unusual for the Seahawks, especially in the Pete Carroll and, and John Schneider era, is to have extended a guy this early in the off season. Um, I mean, you, you look at uh, years past, a, a guy like Cam Chancellor held out before he got his extension. Uh, Earl Thomas held out, didn't get his extension, broke his leg, uh, mm-hmm. and we, we all know, know how, how that, that we all know how that ended with the uh, guns and uh, car chases and I, I think it was a bird flying and... bird flying away on a uh, on a injury cart in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I love the locket contract. I, I want to see the details. I want to see the cap numbers. I mean, seeing that it's thirty seven million guaranteed. Uh, and it's a four year extension that probably, I mean, like I said, he's at this time tied to Seattle for the next five years. I'm going to say they're out is probably going to be within three to four years. Uh, but I mean, we were, we were joking, talking about, you know, how, how special he is to Russell Wilson. <laughs> There's an obvious, obvious chemistry there. Uh, you know, Lockett's gone back to back seasons with a thousand yards 
He uh, set the Seahawks single season record last year with a hundred catches. And even then, you know, like I said, back to back a thousand yard years, uh, 2018, he was only, I think it was like 35 yards away from, from getting to a thousand in that season. So he, he's definitely the guy that Russell Wilson looks for. Uh, he's a guy that Russell Wilson clearly trusts. He's had some unreal touchdowns the, the last couple of years. There was that one in 20, it was 2019. I actually remember exactly where I was when it happened. It was the game against the Rams. The Seahawks were wearing their color rush jerseys. Russell Wilson rolled out of the pocket. He's running around for his life, <laughs> threw up a pass that looked like it was a cross body pass into the end zone, hoping it doesn't get picked, hoping it just, it, it, it kind of looked like he was maybe throwing the ball away, but there was Tyler Lockett at the back of the end zone with his tippy toes, just in bounds, catching the ball for a touchdown and like I said, I remember exactly where I was because I was actually in Disneyland when that when that touchdown happened. Nice. We we were out for we just happened to be out for dinner uh, when Russ threw that touchdown, and of course that game ended up being wild. I, I remember standing in line waiting to get on. I think it was like the Dumbo ride or something like that. We were standing in line waiting <laughs> to get on on a ride in Disneyland, and I'm literally watching the end of the football game on my phone in Disneyland. Um, but then, uh, I mean, he, uh, Lockett also had that huge, uh, touchdown in the, uh, Cardinals game last year in Arizona. Uh, I mean, Russell threw a, a, a perfect ball, but Lockett had still had to make the catch and he made it right over top of, uh, Patrick Peterson. And so it's definitely a guy that, uh, that I'm happy to see him stay in Seattle. And if, if we're talking, numbers and, and things like that though it does make me nervous for the dk contract hmm. yeah tyler lockett's one of those guys you and i uh specifically have had a lot of conversation around um especially last year in my fantasy football pool we had a little draft hiccup and when we restarted um nfl.com decided that it was best for them to turn on my auto draft on me and so my second first round pick uh auto drafts to tyler lockett and i am pissed i am so i am like i'm like a kid on easter who gets their easter chocolate after dessert and dinner and the parents take it away like kicking screaming i am so mad that i just got tyler lockett you um, were furious I, yeah no hiding that one to this day i still don't let our commissioner uh live that one down i've still got our trophy so jokes on him i'm not giving it back until uh (laughs) that situation gets rectified um i i will say this looking deeper into tyler lockett's statistics i think it is a good contract right you've got a guy who is putting up back-to-back thousand yard seasons like you said um he's got eight plus touchdowns in the last two seasons and when you look at, you know, let's just say probably on average, he's going to be getting just under 15 a year. That's kind of what the average is looking like. That puts him around that top 15 wide receiver money. I think that's probably what you had to pay him. Here's a guy that plays every game. He's never hurt. Like, 
I was actually kind of shocked to see that. Um, he, he did have some injury issues in the past. Um, I, I, I remember, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2017. Yeah. He had, he had a disgusting uh, injury, broke his leg. And this was back when, I mean, up until this past season when the NFL finally figured it out that like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't show this guy breaking his leg 15 yeah. times from 15 different angles. Yeah. And they showed it repeatedly right. over and over and over again. And like now. every time you see it, you're just like, you cringe more and more. And you're like, Oh, yeah. like the first time they show it, like it was, it was nasty, but he's obviously he's rebounded from, from that, uh, from that injury. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's okay to go back to previous years and say, okay, he got injured. But, you know, last year, game started 16, 2019, 16, 2018, 14. If you're going back more than three years to talk about a guy's durability, uh, you're just really reaching for things. And I mean, the dude catches everything. I'm looking here, you know, again, I'll just go back to 2018. His catch percentage is 81. 2019, it's 70, just under 75. And last year, it is uh, almost 76%. So here's a guy that, like you said, Russ trusts. Um, you don't get 132 targets in a year if your quarterback doesn't trust you. Now, just to make all of our Seahawks listeners a little upset, and because I still have a little bit of a like underlying vengeance with Tyler Lockett, I've got some things here for you. Here's where I would be a little concerned with it. So... Obviously, he cashes in on a big year, right? He had, he had a big year. Um, he had only four games of 90 yards or more. Okay, so he's got his 92, 100, 290. Those games were played against Dallas, a college-level defense. Uh, Arizona didn't really look like they were, you know, the, the Arizona of the past Atlanta's defense maybe was uh, just as bad as Dallas's defense. Um, And then a San Fran team. So those are his four big games. His next four biggest games are 66, 67, 67, 63 against uh, again, the Niners, the Rams, the Patriots and the Giants. Every other game is 52 yards or under. And he has five games out of those 16 where he scored a touchdown. And of course I would remember these because was it the Arizona game? He had three touchdowns in. So it was, it, the, it was uh, a three by 200 game where it won I, me my fantasy football week, but you against know, me, <laughs> that was against you too, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember yeah, you, you be, chirping you, me being like, Oh, how do you like lock it now? And well, and cause like you, you came, you were down big too. And you came back with and just crushed me because Lockett had a monster game. Um, I mean, I, I would like to, I, I, I wish I had the stats right in front of me. I, and do a split screen of those games that Tyler Lockett is a little bit quieter or you could, you know, maybe argue disappeared. Um, what were DK Metcalf's numbers? Uh, even what were, right. what were Russell, what were, uh, Russell Wilson's numbers? Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the, the Patriots game. I know for sure DK Metcalf had a monster game against the Patriots. Um, it, it, so it's, it's, you know, it, it, it is 
Russ seems to have, uh, he had a tendency last year where he was kind of like, okay, well, things seem to be working when I throw the ball to Tyler Lockett. Things seem to be working when I throw the ball to DK Metcalf. So I'm just going to keep feeding that guy. Uh, you know, the, the game against the Cardinals, you know, where he had 15 catches, 200 yards and three touchdowns. I think DK Metcalf had one catch that entire game, right? Like Russ was just feeding Lockett. So I, I would definitely like to see the, the, the split screen numbers there. Um, it's actually funny right before we came on tonight, PFF uh, tweeted a, uh, a picture. It was Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel oh, right. saying rank these four wide receivers in the <laughs> NFC West. And, and uh, one guy put Lockett uh, number four on that list and said that he's too inconsistent. And there's a couple of us Seahawks fans that, of course, jumped on the guy right away. And I said, you know, like – I wouldn't say he's inconsistent. Is he a frustrating player in fantasy football? Absolutely. Um, I, I had him in fantasy football in the 2019 season. So I, I, I know it, it, he's a frustrating guy to have, but I've also had Russell Wilson in fantasy football for a lot of years. And he's also a really frustrating guy to have in fantasy football. Um, just based on a, uh, I guess, it, it, again, we're talking about what really matters in football and that's wins and losses. But from a s- statistical standpoint, Russell Wilson can be very frustrating when you need points from him in fantasy football. So I, I understand, you know, you, you're, you're trying to play devil's advocate a little bit and, and you're not wrong. Uh, th- there were some games that you say, you know, where the hell is Tyler Lockett gone? Um, but those are probably the games that, Either DK Metcalf was getting fed a lot, Russell Wilson wasn't playing well, or the Seahawks probably lost those games. Right. Um, you're exactly right there. It was, uh, I first saw that tweet from uh, one of our fellow podcasters, uh, Riley of the Hawks Nest. And his comment was more of what sparked this whole idea of like, okay, well, maybe there's a little bit of truth to it because he seems a little upset with it, right? He says, did Tyler Lockett not just have over a thousand catches a thousand yards in a season continues to do so year in year out multiple three and four td and then 200 games oh, last year that, so I, I i get it like i'm that not was the one with he's a bad player like i i think he's great i think he would fit in great with the ravens he you know he catches everything he's reliable when he gets targeted I would also like to see those splits of, okay, if he had an off game, did DK have a big game? Those kind of worry me too, though, because if you have a bad game and you're looking for your 1B or whatever you want to call them to sort of pull you out of that funk, you know, should you be making that top receiver money? Like, DeAndre Hopkins just doesn't have bad games. Like, you you just can't cover the guy, right? So... I, I wonder if something ever, you know, ho, ho, I never want a guy to get injured, but, you know, what happens if one of those guys gets injured and you've got to step up as, like, the lone wolf, the only guy out there catching passes, and you disappear? That could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Not to uh, not not to place blame or, or pile on or crap on, on Russell Wilson. Um, I, I want to 
preface this that I, I love Russell Wilson. With all due and respect. W- with all due respect. <laughs> Followed but... by <laughs> trashing. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we got to start said, using that uh, line a bit. But I said with all due respect yeah, that allows me so to say whatever I want. Yeah. What are they, I don't get it. Um, I was saying I respect you. Like, what more could I have <laughs> done before I absolutely trashed everything about you? But it's... <sighs> Like I was saying there, with, with with some of those games where you know where guys uh, disappear a little bit, because there there was some games where, where DK Metcalf disappeared, and I know I, I voiced my frustrations to you uh, multiple times this this past season, where I'm like, just feed the guy the goddamn ball. Like, I, he's he's clearly the the best wide receiver on your team. No, again, with all due respect to Tyler Lockett. Um, <laughs> feed the guy the goddamn ball and and just throw him a screen which i mean again russell wilson threw a, a interception a, a pick six on a screen this year but anyways um when some of those receivers disappear some of that is on russell wilson because that arizona game and we'll go back to that one the reason why russell wills or why tyler lockett got 15 targets 200 yards and, and three touchdowns is because russell wilson didn't really want to test whoever was covering DK Metcalf, which most of the time was Patrick Peterson. Um, if you look at the, 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 the games that the Seahawks played against the Rams, DK Metcalf was pretty quiet in those games. Cause again, Russell Wilson didn't want to test Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Russell Wilson, I want to say for most of his career, but especially with the, the, this past season was very, very cautious with where he threw the ball, who he threw it to. He, um, you know, again, not not to crap on the guy entirely, but um, the other thing that I I have complained about for a, a number of years, not just this past season, is that Russell Wilson. I mean, he, he talks about getting hit too much, but a, a lot of those sacks that he takes are because he holds on to the ball too long. He he doesn't want to just you know throw up a uh you know maybe a 50 50 ball or you know give a give a guy like dk metcalf a chance to go up and make a play or he doesn't want to just throw the ball away and throw it out of bounds he, he's always looking for that play and he's looking for that that guy that gets open and and so he he does get a little bit of you know like i was saying he gets a little bit of tunnel vision where he's like well mm-hmm. this game is work it's working with tyler lockett i'm just gonna feed him or well you know this game is working with dk metcalf i'm gonna throw it to him this game like so it, it is definitely um, matchup based as well. And, and probably some, some quarterback uh, just me- mentality in, in, in the way that, that Russ is thinking in that moment in that game. Yeah. I, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but I think it's a really good conversation in terms of, you know, is that Russ's fault? Like, because we don't know what's going on in the locker room, it's so hard to say this is Russ's fault. This is this guy's fault. I, I'm not saying thing anything I is about too, anybody's fault. Like I'm, I'm not like where placing... you would place blame. Like ultimately if a play fails, somebody's taking blame, whether it's like the offensive line, not holding up your quarterbacks, not getting them. There has to be blame placed somewhere. Um, I kind of wonder about like play calling and stuff like that. If you know, some of the play calling is changed to where maybe those, uh, you know, those ones where he's holding on to it for too long are the ones where you have receivers that are coming across the middle and he doesn't want to test those 50 50 balls. Cause if your guy misses it, you've got some safeties just waiting 
to pick up an interception on like a tip ball or something like that. So maybe, you know, some, I guess, outside the numbers kind of 50-50 balls where, you know, it's going to be just DK and it's going to be one DB. The safety won't get over there in time. Um, re- really interesting conversation. Like it, it kind of just goes back to, is Tyler Lockett worth the money? And and right. I think, I, I don't know. At, at, at the end of the day, who, whose team is looking for wide receivers and has been for the eternity of their franchise, it's a really good problem to have to have a one A and one B or maybe a one and a one. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, um, yes, I think Tyler Lockett is worth the money. I think it's a good contract. Um, you know this 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 current contract that he's on. Uh, he very quickly outplayed his contract and i i think there is an opportunity that he could outplay this contract as well uh my biggest concern at at this moment is whether or not the seahawks can extend dk metcalf i know a couple episodes ago i said he only had uh one season left on his rookie deal he's actually got two seasons he's got this season and next season left on his rookie deal but he was a second round draft pick. So there is no fifth year option. So he's likely looking for that contract extension next, next year. So next off season, we're talking about a DK Metcalf uh, contract extension. And there is no bridge deal here. There is yeah. no, well, like, you know, that, that's very much a, a, a hockey money. Yeah. He, he's looking for top five wide receiver, num- wide receiver money. If not looking to, um reset readjust, the possibly. reset exactly i was just gonna say readjust the market and um and a year from now i'm gonna say dk metcalf is worth whatever he gets too so it it's uh you know it's it's one of those things where the seahawks had to do something they had to do something to lower their cap space and extending the guy like tyler lockett just it it, it made sense from an organizational aspect from an on-field aspect and from a cap space aspect. So I, I'm, I'm happy they got it done. Um, you know, this way we're not talking about next off season, trying to sign uh, two wide receivers. Right. Uh, we just have to worry about uh, DK and it, I guess not to put a damper on it, but a potential holdout from, from DK net next year. But I, I don't really see that coming either. I mean, we've been talking about this in terms of the cap hit and the salary with the new CBAs going to skyrocket over the next 10 years. So I I think they're in a good place to probably keep all of those, I guess you could call them those blue chip players. Um, I have no problem paying Tyler Lockett top 20 wide receiver number. Like if that if that's what his cap hit is, is around that 15, then yeah, he's in the 15 to 20 highest paid wide receivers i'm okay with that even if i have to pay dk top money because guess what that's the identity of their team those are the blue chip players and if the cap is going up spend it on blue chip players don't overpay guys that don't deserve it i don't think it's an overpaying is as frustrated as i am with tyler lockett and fantasy football as much as i worry about that uh streakiness i think you have to pay him and i don't think it's an overpay at all to be giving him uh, you know, between that 15 to 20 wide receiver numbers. One last thing I just want to add, but before we move on here is um, Tyler Lockett, I, I, I think is the only third 
player in the John Schneider, Pete Carroll era to get a, uh, I guess, second contract extension. So a third contract. So rookie contract, first extension, second extension. He's only the third guy. The other two guys are Russell Wilson and and Bobby Wagner. So it's a pretty good company to be keeping there. And exactly that. I think that tells a lot about what they think of him and what they believe he's going to be to offer that third contract. And what I'd like even, I'll just add one more thing in there as well, is I think it was his age 32 season is the end of this deal. Like, is that not a perfect time to sort of cut the cord? And like you said, um, it's probably going to be his year 31 season where it's that potential out we've been talking about for the last couple episodes. So I think the money's there. I think the years of his age are there as well. And clearly the organization thinks very highly of him if he's in uh, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson company. It also allows me to continue to use my uh, really corny, really poorly put together uh, Seahawks 316 meme because of course russell wilson to tyler lockett is 316 so playing off that uh that stone cold steve austin uh wwf attitude era mentality so uh you know every time they score a touchdown uh you will see that meme posted uh by me now can our can our uh listeners guarantee that you will be taking two bud lights and smashing them together in your living room and just pouring them all over your face and maybe drinking upwards of like a quarter of one of them i'm a married man so i'm gonna go with uh i'm not doing that in my living room at least yeah good good call because we know now that our wives are listening to this potentially we have to uh at least cover all basis with that your wife is listening my my wife has me on mute and my wife will definitely tell your wife I'm actually just saying goodnight to my wife right now. <laughs> um, okay, so we are definitely in uh, mock draft season right now. And we thought it would be kind of fun to put together, uh, I guess, kind of an early first round mock. And I know Chris was a little reluctant because he's still complaining. Oh, the Seahawks don't pick in the first. So I don't want to do this. And um, it's not even a matter of the Seahawks not picking in the first. The Seahawks have three draft picks. Like, what a ho hum draft this is going to be for the Seahawks. Like, we have a second round pick. I don't expect them to make it because they're going to trade back to try to get more draft picks. Yeah. Um, my biggest he- thing that I was hesitating on with doing a-, a mock draft, I don't watch college football. I watch the uh, the the uh national championship playoffs uh and i watch the national championship sometimes i, I don't think I w- absolutely perfect this is payback for last week's uh yeah yeah steve doesn't want the third down <laughs> steve steve doesn't watch uh fake football movies i don't watch real football uh <laughs> <laughs> we're such a good but- team we complement yeah. each other so well. You are yeah. so special in the words of Russell Wilson. Hey, thanks, pal. Uh, I will uh, be sure to hold your hand the next time I see you. <laughs> so why don't we do it this way? I know we're uh, running into, you know, borrowed overtime, we'll call it here. Let's do, uh, you start, we'll go picks one to five, then I'll do my one to five, and we'll sort of snake draft it, go in... Uh, one way another, and then just highlight one guy 
in the clump. So we're going to do one to five. And then I want you to highlight one guy, why you like that pick, where it is. And e even if it's just maybe a value or a positional need, whatever it is, give me one guy from that cluster that you kind of liked. Okay. You can now, also defer to me if you want me to start this one. No, I'll, okay. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll start here. Um, I mean, I might just say I like the guy because of his name. I don't know. All name um, team works for me. All, all, all name team, exactly. Now, I, I do want to start here when I talk about my mock draft. So I put together my 1 to 16, and I, you know, I finagled it. You know, I was happy with it, and I, I think I had written in, like, my last pick, and Steve texted me, oh, hey, by the way, no trades. So I will tell you what my mock is, but I'm also going to quickly fill in and, and say what I actually had written down here. Uh, so you said uh, start with pick one to five. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, I, I probably could have just put beside pick number one for the Jaguars. Duh, question mark, exclamation <laughs> point. Um, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. Um, I had that both in my uh, initial mock and my... I guess mock 1.5, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> You're a busy guy. Uh, yeah. Busy guy. Uh, number two, uh, we have the, the jets picking. Now, initially I had the Broncos trading up from nine Ooh, and the spicy. jets and the jets moving down to the nine spot with the Broncos taking Zach Wilson. Uh, now that you took away trades away from me, I put you ready bombshell. Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida, number two over number two overall to the Jets. Uh, I I just think that I, I guess that this is the one that I'm I'm going to spotlight in my first five. Um, Lafleur is there, uh, Mike Lafleur. He was the the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. He's going to want to find that new George Kittle tight end for his his offense in in New York. And I still think Sam Darnold is, is young. He's only going to his age 24 season. Um, why not find out what you have in him? I mean, he's never really had a lot of weapons on offense. He's never been able to stay healthy. He had mono, he got hurt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I think this uh, management team is going to take one year to find out what they have in Sam Darnold before they move on. Uh, 49ers third overall. I mean, they're probably laughing all the way to the bank here. Uh, initially I had them taking Mac Jones cause of that trade, but in the new one, I have them taking Zach Wilson quarterback BYU. Uh, number four, I have the Falcons, uh, Patrick Sertan, the second, uh, cornerback out of Alabama. Now, initially I had the Patriots trading up to number four here. So the Falcons went all the way down to four or 15. The Patriots went up to four and I had the Patriots taking Trey Lance uh, quarterback from North Dakota state. So obviously that's not happening now. And uh, number five, this is uh, the, the same in both drafts. I have Penny Sowall, uh offensive tackle, Oregon. Good picks. Chris is trying to throw all sorts of craziness uh, in the first five picks. I love it. Chaos. I, I, Two I absolutely, trades. This is why. This is why the draft and free agency is pro not probably. It is my favorite time of the NFL year because something crazy always happens. And it's funny you say. You know, we're talking about like no trades and stuff like that. One thing I always do whenever I'm doing mock drafts 
is I take what I would do and what the team needs or, you know, all those things you factor in, you make all these logical decisions. You're trying to like, you know, make connections here and there. And then what I do at the very end is I just erase a couple random picks and throw some just off the wall. Because every year it happens. Every year you're like, oh, it's going to be this person. And then they're like, oh, wait a second. The Ravens have traded back into the first round. Like something wild just always happens, right? Um, Yeah, I'll do my one to five here. I'll go with the same duh pick for number one. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. We all know that um, you don't have a coach come out of retirement who had health issues to not pick a guy who's dubbed as like maybe a generational player. Um, the, he's going first overall. The Jets are taking quarterback Zach Wilson at a BYU. I, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that one after. 49ers, I have them actually taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. And where I thought this is my original one that I had a long time ago was quarterback, 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 quarterback. I had five quarterbacks going one to five because it's never happened. And I just wanted it to happen. Did you forget the Bengals picked five? Yeah, I had a trade in there too. But, okay. then, but then I said no <laughs> trades to myself. Um, but then pick number four comes and... Uh, the Falcons pick Kyle Pitts, Florida, and then five Cincinnati. I think most people have Panay Sewell from Oregon tackle um, penciled in there. Yeah, this there is just so much wild stuff going on in this first five picks that we could probably do a whole podcast episode just on that. But the one that has been obviously surfacing is this whole idea that Mac Jones is going third overall because Kyle Shanahan wants to have quarterbacks who he can. What was the term I heard the other? Oh, he wants a quarterback who can just be a human joystick. I don't need them to do all these fancy things. I just I want to put in a play and I want the guy to run it. And who better than Mac Jones? And of course, there's all these people close to the source is saying, you know, we know it's Mac Jones and this and that. I don't believe it. I think Trey Lance is there. I think he, I, I think they're actually holding on to Jimmy G so that they can slowly bring Trey Lance in. If he has to take a year to develop that pro ready game and they showcase Jimmy G and trade him away partway through the season, I think that's best case scenario. Um, Pick six to ten. I've got six. The Miami Dolphins picking wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. At number seven, the Detroit Lions picking wide receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers picking quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Uh, number nine, we have the Broncos picking uh, cornerback Pat Sertan from Alabama. And number 10, the Dallas Cowboys picking cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. And the one I love the most, but I think they'll probably have to trade up, is Carolina picking Justin Fields because, man, would that be so much fun to watch in that offense. Who you got, 6-10? to 10? Uh, Were you looking at my sheet by chance? Uh, I have the Miami Dolphins. I always cheat on tests. Rece- 
Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. It's a good thing you're a teacher. Hey, I, I hope any of Steve's students listening don't cheat on tests. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, number seven, I have the Detroit Lions also taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, number eight, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Guess what? Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Now, uh, initially in my original mock, I had for number nine, I had, I had the Jets, of course, traded down. So I had them take Pat Sertan, um, cornerback out of Alabama. But in, in your rules where I'm not allowed to make trades, uh, number nine, I have the Broncos taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. And number 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys, Caleb Farley, cornerback, Vir- Virginia Tech. Um, I mean, it, it, I'm also going to highlight the same guy, Justin Fields. Uh, he, with Kish, Christian McCaffrey, running any sort of option <laughs> offense out of that backfield would just be un, just silly. And I mean, they still have Teddy Bridgewater there as well as a guy that could uh, mentor Justin Fields and bring him along and teach him, you know, teach him the ropes. Um, and then of course, I mean, the, it, I, I think my, my duh pick of, of those five is probably Devonte Smith to the Lions Cause they have nobody to catch the ball there. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you're leapfrogging me now. So you, uh, you get, let's do one to 16. Cause we're not going to do the Cardinals one last pick. So give me your, your last of the first half of the first round. So 11 to 16, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got the New York football giants. Uh, I've got them taking Quiddy pay edge rusher from Michigan uh, Eagles uh, Jalen Waddle uh, wide receiver, Alabama, the chargers. Uh, now I've got them taking Christian. Uh, is it Darasaw? Daw? Darasaw. Darasaw offensive tackle from Virginia tech. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern. Uh, number 15, now again, uh, in my original mock, I had the Falcons. <laughs> so I had the Falcons moving down to 15 in my original mock. Now in my original mock, I also had the Falcons then trading down <laughs> again. The double just, trade down. Just wait. They trade down to number 25. Who's at number 25? The Jaguars. Who hasn't been picked yet in my original mock draft? Kyle Pitts. So all of a sudden, my original mock, 1-15, to I had the Jaguars getting Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts. Like, I'm so happy that I saved you from stating that. Obviously, I'm I'm playing Fantasyland, but uh, I don't care. It... (laughs) On paper, it looks on paper it looks cool. It's my anyways, draft I can do whatever I want with it. Exactly, exactly. Um, anyways, uh, real number fifteen is the Patriots. So I have the Patriots taking Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama, uh, a guy that necessary does. And and then my last pick, I have uh, at number sixteen, the Cardinals, J.C. Horn, cornerback, uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, the the guy I'm going to highlight there is Mac Jones. Uh, Mac, I, I should say, Mac, don't call me Miller Jones. Uh, <laughs> he's a guy that can go into the system in, in New England and doesn't necessarily have to start next year. They've got Cam Newton there. Uh, he's, you know, he's making 
not a lot of money. So they, they can run their system next year with Cam Newton. Uh, Belichick can run his uh, Bellatrix with Mac Jones, teach him the system, get him up to date. Uh, and then in year two, uh, implement him as the starting quarterback. And, and with taking a guy in, you know, that, that 15 spot right in the middle of the first round, uh, he, he's not, he's not coming in as a top five pick expected to start. He's got to be our guy. He's got to be the starter. You know, you, you mentioned you had Trey Lance going to the 49ers. I'm sorry if a quarterback's going third overall, he's got to start. Uh, but if, if Mac Jones goes 15, I mean, Pat Mahomes, I think went 10th overall and he didn't start his first year either. So it gives, it gives Mac Jones a, an, an opportunity to, uh, probably excel and, and have his best opportunity at an NFL career and longevity. Yeah. Um, some wild picks there. If Kyle Pitts is on the board at 15, I will find Eric DaCosta's phone number and I will be calling him to trade whatever the hell the Ravens trade all your picks away to go get that guy. Uh, I mean, I, I I do see you tweeting at his wife every now and then. So maybe she'll, uh, she'll, she'll take hilarious on Twitter. If you ever get the, she is so unbelievably funny and just gives little tidbits about like, when they go out for dinner, what kind of things he orders, like all of that useless stuff as a fan, you think is like kind of interesting. You're like, no way you like chicken Parmesan too. Me like when I'm in Maryland, we should go for some Eric. So obviously he's going to listen to this and we'll, we'll go for chicken Parmesan on your, we just become best friends. (laughs) Yup. So with all due respect, Chris, Kyle Pitts is not going 15th. Hey, at all. It's, it's my mock draft and, uh, anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I said with all due respect, because I didn't yeah. want to make too much fun of you. No. Um, okay, at 11, I've got the Giants taking offensive tackle Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. 12, the Philadelphia Eagles grab linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Uh, 13, the Chargers have offensive tackle Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. 14, the uh, Minnesota Vikings are grabbing offensive guard Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Uh, 15, the Patriots are selecting wide receiver Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. And 16, the Cardinals are taking edge rusher Jalen Phillips out of Miami, Florida, the U. This one's kind of interesting. Um, I posed the question to the Twitter world about give me like your biggest shock moment uh, in the first round. And our buddy Calvin there said, Rashawn Slater is going to be the first offensive lineman picked. And I, I could see it. Um, I, I definitely think it'll be Panay will be the first one picked. But um, if he's not first, he's definitely second. I think the Giants like to take those kind of just solid, uh, just reliable. They're not going for a home run pick. I don't think um, they like to go for those big, you know, grand slam picks. They just want to, you know, hit a clean triple or a double or a single, whatever that is. Um, so Rashawn Slater, I really like that. Two guys that I think are highly, highly likely to fall are Micah Parsons and Jalen Waddle? I know a lot of people have Jalen Waddle getting picked 
earlier than Devontae Smith. I see Waddle getting picked in the top eight in a lot of things. Guys fall all the time, and I think Waddle might be the faller, unfortunately, this year. He was just lightning before he had his injury. Injuries always scare teams off. Um, But Micah Parsons, there's a guy that we've been talking about, that tweener kind of, what are you? I'm just a weapon. I'm a defensive weapon. And uh, I think the Eagles would be absolutely thrilled to get the compensation they did to move back and still get a huge piece like Micah Parsons. Yeah, isn't there... um... Again, I haven't been following super closely, but there's, um, is it behavioral or uh, maturity issues or something I've been seeing in regards to Micah Parsons and why he might fall? So there was early talks where he could be a top 10 pick, wasn't there? Yeah, these ones are so hard for me because it's like, where does the source come from? And then what are you talking about? Um, So whoever the source is, I always assume they possibly know more than I do but then you know it's this game of smoke and mirrors like we want that guy but we know we can't get him picking at 12 so all of a sudden he has maturity issues same with uh, Panay Suel there's maturity issues and um, just different things like that where he, he he's been talked about as the clear consensus first offensive tackle to be picked and then all of a sudden it's like well maybe he won't. So you got to think of those things like take a little bit of, I don't, I don't know what you'd call it, like grain of salt with whatever those reports are. Cause like smoke and mirrors, unless you're literally smoking, you know, in a bong, like through I, I a was, gas I was, mask. Like I, I was just going to say in, until the, uh, the, the, the gas mask photo drops. I mean, it, it's all hearsay, anyways right definitely um we probably have enough time for a quick third down uh segment here you want to you want to run one through yep i've uh i've actually got a uh you know it's i've got a quick one tonight so i'm i'm definitely ready to go here uh you know the the last couple weeks you know i've been saying we could go football we could go anywhere with this and of course the last uh couple weeks we've been talking about uh football players both real and fictional so this week i kind of wanted to change it up a little bit um and take us inside the stadium and talk about the food that you can get when you go to a game uh now i struggled this a little bit i actually almost texted you earlier in the day to uh to show my hand a little bit uh, because I contemplated whether or not I just wanted to be like a very generic list and, you know, things that you can find in every football stadium, probably around America. Or I did find a list online where it's like one must try item from every team's stadium. Heck yeah. Now, I, I, I figured because um, both for timing, uh, which probably good thing that i did this uh and also that i think we've both only ever been to seattle for a game uh that we should probably stick to just those things that you could find in every in every stadium uh, around the league and instead of getting super crazy and you know i i think i saw something in uh arizona where it's like pizza box nachos or something like that so um so anyways yeah i mean uh i i've got this week for you the stadium food showdown so are you ready 
third down. Oh, I'm such a huge foodie. This is like, now this is my jam. I might not watch football movies, but I love to eat. So let's do this. So you're probably going to be disappointed that I went generic and not with the the fancy crap. But uh, So we've got, uh, I mean, first of all, we've got uh, chili going up against mac and cheese. Ooh, two messy ones, hey? Um, well, it's a good thing that I don't own a white jersey, and I will never own a white jersey for this exact reason, for when, um, you know, you've had a couple bevies, and uh, the chili or the mac and cheese might fall off of your face. Um, I feel like chili might be, you know, when... It seems a little too heavy. I know mac and cheese is a little a little heavy itself, but um, I don't think I could eat chili at a at an event. I feel like that would be a very weird thing to do. With that being said, I don't know if I would ever eat mac and cheese at an event, but I'm more likely to eat mac and cheese at an event. You're just too worried about eating the chili and those long lineups at the bathroom at halftime, and you're. Uh... You're, you're you're clenching real hard <laughs> think like hey, am i gonna make it am i gonna make it it's like uh am i gonna uh, skip overtime here yeah yeah it's it, it's like finch in in american pie when stifler gives him the uh the, the laxative yeah <laughs> hopefully no one's pointing you, you, need you to gotta that. set yourself up for that eat lots of cheese you're not gonna have that problem <laughs> so i've got you down for mac and cheese then um next matchup i've got uh the, the soft pretzel uh, versus corn dogs. Now the corn dogs su- suggestion was from my wife. I don't know if I've ever actually seen a corn dog in an NFL stadium, <laughs> but I, I I I kept it on there. So, um, yeah, I'm not really that big of a soft pretzel person. I know uh, our mall here in Kelowna just got that pretzel place, and it always smells better than it tastes. I I I think it, it would depend if there's a really good dip to go with the pretzel. Then I'm probably going to take pretzel if there's no dip that i'm gonna take because i mean you're gonna get ketchup and with corn dogs you just have to have ketchup so um i'm gonna play this one safe and go corn dog with ketchup sir and i i was just i just went out for a beer with a, a mutual friend of ours down to the beer institute and i got one of those soft pretzels down there and it comes with a warm cheese dip and it is fantastic but I also compare it in my mind. Like if I'm thinking about that right now in my mind versus, I mean, the most recent corn dog I have was in Disneyland. Um, also, I'm picking corn dog. And that's in that scenario. <laughs> uh, next matchup, I've got uh, tacos versus sandwiches. Tacos. Uh, taco. Wow. Don't even have to think about it. Don't even have to hesitate. Tacos are-, are one of the most underrated great foods of all times. So much versatility. So delightful. Oh, tacos wins hands down in that matchup. I just want to add, those are probably two things I don't want to eat at a stadium, period, though. Really? Too too much effort. Way too much. Like, How I want something, you, I want you something, something that I can... You put in your hand and you eat it until it's gone from your hand. It's not like chili no. where you've got to, like, scoop each little piece and then you've got to, like, probably wipe your face a little bit because you're inevitably going to get chili all over your beard. No, it's one of those things where like I want something that's I don't know easy where I can hold my beer and my food. So you would rather have chili, corn dog. Okay, you just want corn dog. 
so far that may or may not uh, <laughs> be at a football field okay that may or may, may i've never <laughs> seen one in seattle but i'm 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 hunting one down next time wild uh pizza versus chicken strips which apparently actually through my research um chicken strips is uh, a big deal at the mnt bank stadium hmm. i i did yeah. not know that i'll have to uh hit up the twitter land i did see since we're talking about food i, I should bring this up they have something in baltimore called uh, was it a snowball I want to say it was a snowball so what it looked like was like shaved ice or like um yeah some sort of shaved ice with marshmallow melted on it so super super strange it looked amazing though and apparently this is like a big deal in uh maryland but if if i'm going with the two you gave me this is kind of clash of the titans for me pizza is gotta be like a top top choice yeah, chicken fingers is right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with pizza, and only because some of the best pizza I've ever had was at Safeco. So if you ever get a chance uh, watching a baseball game to go to Safeco, their pizza is unbelievable. Like you, you essentially won't have to go to the bathroom for the rest of the week. That's how much cheese they put on it. <laughs> it's, and that's exactly <laughs> what I want out of pizza. Like. I'm not having it just have a sprinkling of cheese, like load it with cheese. Pizza. So you can eat that chili after you have that pizza. <laughs> no, before, because then it no, clogs it after. <laughs> uh, next, we're, we're, we're going to the uh, uh, the, the sweet tooth uh, mini donuts, which versus churros. So very mm. similar. Both got that cinnamon sugar. Um, but which, which one are you going with at, uh, at a game? I think nostalgia would bring me back to mini donuts for all of those times I was at like, you know, the local fair. And the only reason I like, I hate rides. I'm not, I'm not really much of a rides person. So when um, my wife takes my kids and me to Disneyland for our first time, it will definitely, you know, be my wife doing the ride stuff. But the thing I love it, you know, these carnivals and whatever are the mini donuts. So good. I have to agree with you wholeheartedly there, especially like when they're still warm in that little bag and you kind of burn your hand a little bit, but that's when they're at their best. Oh yeah. Uh, we've got uh, an, a classic here, popcorn versus the potato chip. Uh, I mean, of Ooh. course, most stadiums have just the generic, whatever brand of potato chips that you can get there. Um, maybe wow, a little this... more versatile. I'm going to go with, I thought when you said popcorn, it was going to be a no brainer, but then I started thinking about popcorn that isn't movie theater popcorn. I don't think I've ever had and movie popcorn theater is like one of the greatest snacks of all time. And I think I would be disappointed if it didn't live up to that, but I know what a potato chip can be. I'll go with potato chips on this one. My, my wife actually, cause movie theaters still aren't open here. Uh, up in Canada, of course, but their concession is open. Oh, so my man. wife actually just ordered uh, the other night. We were we were watching actually some Breaking Bad, and she skipped the dishes uh, a, a bag of popcorn from the movie theater. I was gonna say I I saw that on Skip the Dishes, and I thought what an awesome idea when you're having movie because like 
you get that microwavable stuff and half of it's burnt, half of it's uncooked and you can just never do it justice. Just go to the theater, get your popcorn and leave. You're not doing the microwave popcorn, right? I mean, if you're burning it, you're not doing it right. But I will say movie theater popcorn, nothing compares. It, no. It's the best popcorn you can get out there. No. Uh, a few more here. We've got peanuts versus ice cream. Now I just want to stay with peanuts. Whoever orders peanuts at a stadium, <laughs> shells them, throws the <laughs> shells all over the ground. You're a jerk. Stop being such an asshat. Order something different. Find yeah, the if, peanuts if you can't that clean are already your shelled. own shells up. You deserve like all sorts of ridicule publicly. Um, I hate peanuts in general. I love peanut butter. I love Reese peanut butter cups. I despise generic plain peanuts or even salted peanuts. Like they just, they're not that great. And I love ice cream. So pretty winner, easy. Winner. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, up next, we've got nachos versus French fries. Now for any of our Seahawks fans that are listening, um, Steve, I don't know if you remember when you were yep. at, at the game, the, uh, the, the garlic fries, and the smell that emanates from said fries inside uh, what was CenturyLink Field, now Lumen Field. Um, they are a very popular item in Seattle. I don't know what they're like around the rest of the league, but what are you picking here? Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, the last game we obviously went to, me and my wife, was on our honeymoon, right? Um, when the Ravens went to Seattle. And all of a sudden I was like, what is that? smell like it's just everywhere and she's like those are the garlic fries um and of course we get them because you know how can you not it's kind of like you gotta try the the crickets at safeco field have you ever heard of those uh i have yeah that they have crickets as like a snack there like i I don't even know if i i want crickets i don't know if i want to burn my mouth with that much garlic but i'm gonna do it anyways um, I'll go with fries on that one. Fries. And then uh, last matchup, and we've got the, uh, I mean, the, the, the granddaddy, the, the Ollie versus Frazier, the cheeseburger versus hot dog matchup here. Oh, um, anytime I go to a barbecue and there's hot dogs or burgers, I'm always picking a burger. Burger, it is in that one. I'm, I'm shocked. Actually, I, I thought for sure hot dog was going to take that one down. Um, I, I remember it was uh, it, quite a few years ago. Now it's, it was like back in like 2010. I want to say because I, I was, I just actually, yeah, it was 2010. Cause I just started dating my wife, and uh, I went to a Seahawks game with my family, with some extended family, uh, some friends. And there was like, there was a, 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 a large group of us there anyways. And it was my first time going to a Seahawks game being legal age. <laughs> and so of course the night before it's, you know, go to cowgirls, do the thing, drink as much as I can. And I was an absolute mess that night. Like I, I fell asleep in bed it's actually funny because um, 
my my wife was actually on, on vacation at the same time. She was in Hawaii, and we were talking on MSN Messenger, and I actually fell asleep <laughs> midway through midway through the conversation with her. Fell asleep talking to her. I don't know what's funnier, the fact that you fell asleep talking to your wife, or that it was on MSN Messenger. MSN, right? I totally just aged myself. Oh wow! And uh, fell asleep cuddling a Gatorade bottle. I was Smart. sharing a uh, I was sharing a hotel room with my younger brother and and his girlfriend at that time, and uh, my my brother that night brought his leftovers uh, back from the restaurant to the hotel room, put them in the fridge in the hotel, and I remember going in to like grab my Gatorade and I open up the fridge and him and him and his girlfriend are sleeping. They didn't come out and I go, smells like meat in here, <laughs> and like it was just so. Anyways, how how this ties into hot dogs is uh then the the next day at the game i'm hung over i'm not feeling well but i'm like well obviously i'm here to go to a football game i'm going to the football game well it ended up being uh i think the hot dogs were a buck a dog that game (laughs) so i i just uh i i fed my hungover my hangover with hot with uh one dollar hot dogs i don't even think i put anything on them i was just like i don't care just plain (laughs) hot dog just something's got something's got to make me feel better here like you know you know when they're selling hot dogs for a dollar a piece that it's some like hot dogs are high quality meat to begin with but (laughs) when they can get away with one dollar hot dogs like oh i think you were better off the night before probably but uh, I'm going to quickly re- recap your list here, Steve. Of course, I want to know your MVP. Uh, we've got cheeseburgers, French fries, ice cream, potato chips, mini donuts, pizza, tacos, corn dogs, uh, and mac and cheese. So what's the MVP there? Oh, this is a tough one. I think I have to go with pizza and if I'm if I'm giving a champion of pizza, I also would like to say that if Chicken Fingers was against any of those other winners, I would have picked Chicken Fingers over probably all of them except for maybe Tacos. That would have been a tough one. Like Chicken Fingers might have been my two or three at least. So that was definitely like my power puncher of uh, of matchups. So is Chicken Fingers your true MVP? But because it lost the matchup to Pizza. Or pizza's the MVP. Pizza's the MVP. Pizza's the MVP. But I mean, let's let's be real. I I, I left it off my list on purpose because we both know the true MVP is beer. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to have a bevy. Got to have a bevy. It, or five. <laughs> five teen. <laughs> five teen. Yeah. Five teen. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we are well over time do you want to give our illustrious shout out crown of the week away for a couple listeners i believe yeah uh shout out crown this week um we were talking about it we were trying to figure out who it goes to um you know we we typically lean towards people that are maybe a little more active with us on social media um this week we we kind of discussed it and we ended up going with uh, two guys, uh, both uh, very uh, loyal listeners. Uh, you know they they've listened to every episode. They typically come back to us with some 
very good information, some some good uh, constructive criticism and, and ways that we can can grow. Uh, so uh, shout out crown this week is going to uh, tacky and Christian. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate the the feedback every week as well. Uh, every time you guys text me, I always copy and paste it and send it directly back over to Steve as well. So he knows uh, w- what you guys think. So thank you guys again. And we've got the uh, the golf clap for you here. Yeah, big shout out to those guys. I know, um, yeah, you definitely copy and paste all of those verbatim and it it, it's just good for us to have people that are willing to be real with us and give us that constructive criticism or just like a couple of good praises about what they liked. Um, so you can do that, obviously, on Twitter. Hit us up um, at ballhawks underscore pod. You can hit me up at ssfisher87. Even just to say hi, tell us what you think, what you liked what you hated give us an all due respect with what you hated any last words chris uh no i i mean you you wrapped up pretty good there uh like you said give us a follow um please feel free to jump on twitter flame me for uh the jaguar somehow getting trevor lawrence and kyle pitts because steve thinks that's unrealistic but i just want to add steve if i get one pick in my mock draft right I win the mock draft. So anyways, guys, thanks for listening. uh, And always go Hawks. Peace. Touchdown Seahawks. We control us. We run this. And anybody coming in our house, they get dealt with. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.